thank you, Pastor Tony, and thank you for all who've made the effort to be out here tonight and to be part of this, this gathering, whether it's in person in this facility or you're with us online from various places throughout the country and perhaps even throughout the world. I've spent some time in prayer, and I've asked the Lord to give me His heart and what He would have me to share in, in the closeout moments of this, this moment of prayer at what I consider, and we all consider, to be a very, very pivotal, pivotal time in this nation. And so, Father, as I open the Word of God, I ask You, Lord, Jesus Christ, as Your Word says, that the entrance of Your words brings light and life. So, God Almighty, I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that You would give the hearers both tonight and in the days to come, those that will hear these words and will also hear the prayers that were prayed tonight. Lord Jesus, would you soften our hearts as a people, as a nation? Would you turn us from the hardness of our ways and our deep resistance to you and to your truth? Would you help us, Lord God, to humble ourselves in your presence and confess our faults and turn from our wicked ways and to receive into our hearts the promise that you will hear from heaven You'll forgive our sins, and mighty God, you will heal our land. And so, Lord, we thank you, God. Give me the grace I need to speak this tonight. And, Father, I ask it humbly before you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verses 10 and 11, these words are recorded by the hand of God. Do not remove the ancient landmark, nor enter the fields of the fatherless. For their Redeemer is mighty, and He will plead their cause against you. This is a warning of God, a very direct warning of God, written in His Word, warning any generation about removing the boundaries as it is of acceptable behavior. And we've done that in America. Like the, the Word of God clearly describes good and describes evil, what is acceptable with God and what is not acceptable with God. And He warns all people and especially those who could make the boast or the claim of once having known him, he says, do not remove the boundaries that I have set around you, the boundaries of behavior that are acceptable according to the Word of God. And who can deny that we have done that in the United States, and particularly in the last several decades? We have gotten to the place where we now declare evil to be good, and we declare good to be evil. But the second part of that particular warning of God is don't enter into the fields of the fatherless. Don't take away the right of the children. Don't allow yourself to believe that children can be abandoned without consequence. And that is the dilemma, perhaps, of the darkened conscience of this nation and our generation. Somehow believing that we can abandon our children, whether it's in the womb or whether it's even after they're born, and somehow there can be no consequence. And who can but who can with a sound mind deny that we're not experiencing the, 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 the folly and the fruit of having abandoned our children in this generation to selfishness? The Apostle Paul wrote to his, his young disciple Timothy in the New Testament, and he, he warned that in, the new, in, in this last day in which we're living in, here was the warning that he wrote to Timothy. He said, but know this, in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. And I'm going to just paraphrase a few things he says about men, because I'm, I'm sent to the Lord to speak to men tonight. Men will be lovers of themselves, unloving, without self-control, 
lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. <clears throat> and in verse 5, it, he says, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And he, he warns Timothy to turn away from this kind or being this kind of a person too as well. And it's about men. What will people become in the, in the last days? They will love themselves more than they love others. They will be unloving. They will have no self-control. They'll be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And Paul warns about the deteriorating conditions of a future day that we're now living in. Now, it has been said that the true measure of any society can be found in how it treats its most vulnerable members. And in that capacity, it is true that in America, just like in the kingdom of Babylon of old, the handwriting of God has come upon the wall. And God's word tells us that you have been measured in the balance and you've been found wanting. The callous disregard for human life is one of the most ominous signs that our society as we know it is coming to a very quick and perhaps even a violent end, more than we've ever even imagined it could. But the question I want to ask tonight is one that perhaps is not asked as often as it should be, is where are the fathers? Where are the fathers of the 60-plus million children that have been denied entrance into this world? I bring to your attention that in the Bible, children are never referred to as motherless, but they are often referred to as fatherless. There has to be a particular callousness in the heart of any man to abandon your children. It requires that you go against everything that God designed you to be. You have a DNA in your life that was planted there by Almighty God Himself. It's part of your makeup. It's part of your character. You are designed by God to be a protector of children. You're designed by God. That is what God made men to be. You are designed by God to be a provider for your family, for your children, for your wife, and for your family. You are designed by God to be a guiding voice for your sons and daughters in this generation. God himself promises to be to you and to me that voice that, that walks behind us and says, this is the way, walk ye in it. We are given that mandate of God to be that guiding voice in our homes and our families. In a secular sense and in a sacred sense too as well, we're, we're commanded of God to, to open the word of God, the, the value system of God, and to make it known to our children and to guide our children into right living. The, the, the instances of fatherlessness in our children is, is literally staggering in this generation. I know. I pastored a church, pastored a church for 27 years in New York City, and I, I was flabbergasted. I remember our very first youth and young adult conference we had in New York City of about three, 400 young people had registered to attend. 75 to 90% were fatherless. New York City, father, not motherless, fatherless. No guiding voice in their life. To fail in this calling as a father and as a man can only mean that ultimately you love yourself and you love pleasure more than you love God. There is really no escaping this. And it is one of the great sins of our nation that our fathers have abandoned their God-given role. We, as fathers, we have abandoned our children in America and our children are now in our streets. Our children are now committing acts of violence. Our children are out doing things they shouldn't be doing all because there was no voice of the father in the home. And this is a sin that needs to be repented of in America. And I warn you, I warn this nation, I warn especially the, the men of America that God himself has risen up against you and is pleading the cause and the case of the children. 
We are headed off a spiritual cliff in this country if we don't acknowledge our ways, if we do not humble ourselves in the sight of a holy God and say, God, we have sinned. This is a great sin in your sight. We can't go on just blaming others and blaming the mothers and talking about women and talking about abortion as, as, as important as that is and as much as it needs to be said. But the men take an incredible blame in this. I read a statistic just yesterday that any girl coming into an abortion clinic who has a committed partner, has a committed man in her life who wants to stand behind her, whether or not they're married, she is significantly at less risk of having an abortion than somebody who has nobody there in her life to give her an encouragement and to stand with her. Somebody that's just a voice that says, let's do this together. Let me not abdicate my responsibility. Let me not just be a selfish man who just uses others for pleasure and then walks away from any and all commitment that comes because of the life that is created. The Scripture tells us that God is pleading for the... He said, don't enter the fields of the fatherless for the Redeemer is mighty. And He will rise up and He will plead the cause of the fatherless. But the mercy moment of God is written in Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4, where the psalmist says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? In other words, God, we stand guilty, every one of us, of this. In some measure in our lives, we stand guilty of abdicating our responsibility to train and teach and stand and protect and provide for our families and our children. But the psalmist concludes by saying, There's forgiveness with you that you may be feared. And this is my hope. This is the only hope in my heart for America today that we would have, we would pray for a deep sorrow. There has to be a deep sorrow come into the hearts of the men of this nation for what we have done. There has to be a spiritual awakening in our time for the nation. For there's no other alternative. Thank God, thank God for Supreme Court decisions and thank God for the great good that will be done when the right decisions are made. But ultimately, we have a moral, spiritual problem in the nation that is so deep that all we're trying... We're trying to put a a Band-Aid on a hatchet wound. It's not going to stop the bleeding. The only thing that's going to stop what's happening to the nation is a deep, heartfelt repentance in the sight of a holy God. For you and I to say, God, we have sinned against you. Yes, sin. It's an old-fashioned word. It's, It's an action against the Word of God that separates us from God, separates us from the life of God, and ultimately separates all humanity that live in sin from the presence of God for all of eternity. There really is a heaven and there really is a hell. And there's no soft peddling that. This is the future of all humanity based on our decision to love Jesus Christ, to accept him as Savior, and to serve him with all of our heart. So mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, I stand before you tonight. Lord, and I recognize, and many others do, that there is no hope apart from you. We thank you for victories. We thank you for the times when we seem to rouse ourselves and somewhat turn a corner in our fight against lawlessness and debauchery. But, oh God, ultimately you have to come and defend the children of the nation. You have to come and defend us. You have to come, oh God, for your holy namesake and turn us from our sin and turn us back to righteousness again. Oh, Jesus Christ, have mercy. My hope is that you went to a cross And when all of humanity was violently abusing you, in your last breath you shouted out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And oh God, may that be your cry from your heart again. Jesus, you sit at the right hand of God. 
Let it come from your mouth one more time. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They've become dark. They're ignorant of truth. Oh, God Almighty, God Almighty, send a spiritual awakening into this nation. Bring prayer back into our homes. Bring prayer into our schools. Bring prayer into our government. Bring prayer, my God, back into this nation again. Turn us, Lord, from our sin. Turn us from our indifference towards you and towards your truth. Oh, God, have mercy on this nation. Have mercy, Lord Jesus, have mercy. I feel like the blind man on the side of the road as you pass by. Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Oh, God, for we're blind, we can't see. Have mercy as you did in days of old, Lord. It was the cry of one man that stopped you, Lord, in your tracks. You brought him and said, what do you want me to do? And the man said, that I might see. And God, I cry out on behalf of a nation tonight. We want to see you again. We want to see you in our homes, our schools, my God, in our streets, in our towns, in our courts, everywhere, God, in the nation, we want to see you again. Oh, Jesus, for your holy name's sake, send a spiritual awakening into this nation. One last time before you come. One more time. One more time before you come. Send a spiritual awakening into the nation. Turn our park benches into altars, oh God. Lord Jesus Christ, do what only you can do and do it for the glory of your holy name. God, hear our prayer tonight. Hear every prayer that's been prayed, oh God, tonight. But ultimately, we come to you. We bring it to you, Lord. And we say, God, we ask you to do tonight what only you can do. Send a revival to America. Don't let us, oh God, be cast into the dustbin of history. Send a revival. Help our children that are crying. They're crying for direction in every street corner. Help our children, Lord God. Raise the voices of men in this nation. Men, have men stand up and be men in this generation. God Almighty, give us back the anointing to protect, to provide, and to guide. And Father, we thank you for it. Thank you for hearing our cry this night from coast to coast in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.